Welcome back, my friends, to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. This is episode 95, and I'm really excited to talk to our next guest. I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a minute, but first I'd like to shoot over to Jonathan so he can talk about our show sponsor. Oh, thanks, Thomas. And um, Thomas is a little bit ill today, but he's still driving through to give you content. <laughs> and I want to quickly talk about a sponsor which is the Real Estate Agent University, where you can go and learn everything about social media, uh, specifically about Facebook, and learn how to market online in 2017. And I'm going back to Thomas. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Kim Snyder, from ReverseYourFunnel.com, joining us on the show today. Uh, Kim, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, y'all, for inviting me. And, you know, before I dive into my questions, I, w- I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our audience. So would you maybe give us the uh, Reader's Digest version of who you are. Okay. Uh, easier said than done, but I'll do my <laughs> best. Um, I am the founder of 14 companies now. The latest two are Sync to CRM, which is a SaaS Facebook ad tool and Reverse Your Funnel, which you mentioned in the, the intro, uh, which is a training program. And um, I have, um, man, I have been in all sorts of niches, all sorts of um, different types of businesses over the years, including building number 826 on the ink list of fastest growing companies. In fact, we were on the ink list two years running, 2008 and oh, wow. 2009. And uh, I've, I'm an author, a speaker, I've had a radio show, so I've done uh, a wide variety of things. So, and then I, it sounds like you have a pretty expansive background, but in your background, what specifically brought you to reverse your funnel and the workshops? Like, what's your background uh, in tech that gives you that expertise? Sure. Well, where the reverse funnel came from is... Uh, I the company I mentioned, number 826 on the ink list, was a fairly large enterprise, which I sold back in February. And um, my husband and I had gotten out of the, the business if, a number of years ago and retired to South Carolina. Oh. And uh, retirement worked for him, but not for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely had to have my hands in something. So I started several other very small businesses, right? Micropreneurial type ventures. And what I discovered as a result of that was that what works for the big guys doesn't necessarily work for small micropreneurs. Um, and these marketing funnels and the way that we're being taught to try to grow our business is all well and good when you have huge teams and big budgets and that sort of thing. But we have to dig and approach um, that task differently when we're small. And so it was a result of really the last several companies that I've created and then um, sold that, um, you know, this experience of growing those, which was a bit different than my last one, um, is really where the reverse funnel came from. Okay. Well, I'm going to dive into some questions about that in just a moment, but I want to give uh, my illustrious co-host, Jonathan, uh, an opportunity to introduce himself. 
I love that, illustrious. Keep saying that, Thomas. <laughs> um, I'm the founder and CEO of MailRight. We provide a number of online marketing tools um, to real estate agents and boutique brokerages. And I'm Thomas J. Nelson. I am a residential realtor here in beautiful San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy for your referrals. And you can find me on my website, thomasjnelsonrealtor.com, social media, and of course, on iTunes every week on our podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to jump back over to our guest, Kim Snyder. And I want to start off by um, asking you, Kim, could you define what is the funnel that we're talking about and that, you know, and then we'll get into the reverse funnel, but what, what is the traditional funnel that we're reversing? Absolutely. The traditional funnel, the conventional wisdom, what I call the, also the content first funnel looks like this. This is what everyone's being taught. First, you produce a lot of content in order to warm up your prospects. You run ads, paid traffic to that content. Um, that and the goal of which is to get them pixeled so you're not really you know no specific call to action other than just to get them to visit your site or your content the facebook pixel is tracking them then you retarget them driving them to some sort of a lead magnet so that they can opt in once they've opted in then you start with the emails and the emails are driving them to some sort of a conversion event like a webinar something like that often there's something called a tripwire that comes next not necessarily in the real estate market but in uh, the traditional funnel we'd have a very low price to offer um, it's also called a liquidating offer. So, you know, like a $7 um, type uh, item in order to um, change them from a, uh, a um, prospect mindset to a customer mindset. And then finally your core offer. And then after that, upsells, cross sales, that sort of thing. Um, so that is the typical online funnel that, um, that doesn't work so well for small businesses. Now, um, before we get into the reverse, what, what, why doesn't that work for small business and, and how are you defining small business? Okay, let me start with the second question first. Thank you. I, I define micropreneurs as being, say, under a million dollars a year in sales okay. and a team of either just yourself or, say, up to five people. Um, typically often virtual assistants and or contractors as opposed to five full-time employees. Mm. Um, and that's because uh, the, the traditional small business definition is something like $50 million a year in sales. Well, that, that obviously doesn't apply to us. So hence the, uh, the micropreneur label. Okay. And, um, and as to why that doesn't work for a micropreneur, a couple of reasons. First, as you can see, there are a ton of moving parts in that. The distance from where someone starts at the top of that funnel and where we finally get paid is really, really long. And then there is what I call the dirty little secret of online sales funnels. And that is the 80-20 rule. Almost everyone has probably heard of the 80-20 rule. It's that 20% of the effort gets you 80% of the result. 20% of your customers give you 80% of your revenue. Well, the, the, one of the things that um, must be taken into account in that funnel is that 20% of your 
marketing efforts will work, 80% will fail. That mm. means 80%, if you look, 80%, actually the number is higher, of social media posts do not get a single like, comment, share, no engagement. 80% of your blog posts will not really be read, will not resonate. 80% of your Facebook ads will fail. The number is 20%. And so the more steps you put in that funnel, the distance between when they come in the top and when they actually pay you, and you multiply that by a 20% success rate. If I take, I, I just don't have the time to right. test each one of those steps sufficiently to get to find the 20% that works. And if all I have time to do is just do one thing, just throw one thing up against the wall at each step, and hope it works, well, 0.20 times 0.20 times 0.20 is like a 0.016% chance of success. It won't work. That's okay. the problem with the, with the top-down content first funnel. Well, and I could see where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because this is an overwhelming funnel. And if people are not adept at doing each step, then they're, they're probably not even completing the proper amount of steps to even finish the funnel. So they, they themselves are sabotaging their own efforts. Absolutely. That, that is a great point that you bring up because I didn't even mention that. But if you, yeah, the caveat is if you ever even get that funnel built in the first place. Right. Okay. So now, um, and, it, and what you were saying about micro businesses or micropreneurs um, is spot on for a realtor. I mean, that's, that's your average realtor or real estate team. So um, this should resonate with a lot of our listeners. Uh, but now are you literally taking that traditional funnel and reversing it or, or, or how are you modifying it? <laughs> um, not literally. So the reason I call it the, the reverse funnel is that what we find is it, it, it's, it's just a function of what I call funnel math. When you sit down and you look at it, what you realize is that the impact on the amount of profit that you make out of an online funnel is greatest at the bottom of the funnel, not the top. Right. And what I mean by that is the point at which you get paid is the point that has the greatest impact. For example, if I... Let me just, if I double the um, conversion rate, uh, or, or sorry, if I double the number of leads coming in the top of my funnel um, versus if I double the number who convert at the bottom, right? Uh, well, yeah. clearly the number who convert at the bottom is going to have a massive impact compared to the, the number at the top. And th that's right. because it's a funnel, right? Um, and so what i what what i do is i get really focused on what i call the small hinges that move the big doors and most of those are at the bottom and so we we do we may build out a funnel but we basically start at the bottom and work our way backwards because that's where all the money is and we try to to compress the amount number of moving parts because we can't test all of those and, um, and make the distance between when a prospect is coming in and when we actually get them to the, you know, the money um, right. is as short as we possibly can. Um, and we're trying to just get rid of all of those extraneous pieces that are, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying uh, we don't have time for them and we can't test them all. So we're just trying to focus on the ones that 
um, we can get the most biggest bang for our buck. Okay. So, I mean, you've just basically simplified the process and to some extent uh, reversed the order of focus, but I mean, it's, it's the same funnel effectively. It's just, you're, you're simplifying it. Yes. And let me just um, add on to that. So, so the reverse funnel has three big chunks to it. The first okay. one is w one offer to one avatar. So this is all about getting your messaging right, understanding who you're selling to and what hook is going to resonate with them and then building out that piece of the funnel. Once you get that working, then I go where most people don't go. And that is a, a second big piece is to use retargeting because, uh, so retargeting is about taking all the didn'ts and turning them into dids. Mm. Because what most of us do, again, if you think of the 80-20 is that 20, if 20% of people take the action that you want at each stage in the funnel, 80% don't. Okay, well, what are you doing to go back and get those 80% who didn't and turn those into dids? You've already paid for those people. You've already put all that effort into getting them in the funnel. And so again, that is one of those small hinges that moves a big door at the bottom as opposed to the top. And then the third step, the third big chunk, then is also increasing lifetime value of a customer, which on as for a realtor, of course, would be things like, you know, getting their, their next sale, getting uh, referrals, those sorts of things. So I put a lot of emphasis on those pieces down at the bottom as opposed to all the emphasis up at the top. Okay. So... I want to go back to your first point uh, when you were talking about the avatar and the messaging hook. I mean, is this something where you create separate campaigns? Uh, because I know, and what I'm getting at is, um, and I'm, I've been um, subject to this myself, where you, you try to advertise to everybody. And, you know, of course, we've learned uh, that the riches are in the niches. So how do you focus that message on a particular group um, for for an agent, let's talk about realtors. Let's just say they have three or four specialties and they're anxious to get that message out to those three or four groups. Do you do, you do separate campaigns or, or it, it, can you actually address all those groups within one message or what's the strategy? Yeah, you can't. You have to do separate campaigns. Absolutely. Okay. And um, in, you know, in keeping with, with one of the most influential books that I have ever read, I'm sure many of your realtors have read as well, which is The One Thing. Oh, yeah, what, Gary Keller. Absolutely. What I recommend that they do is the strategy is to get that one, get the first one absolutely fully working. See, what, what we have a tendency to do is we want to load balance. Yeah. We're going to try to build out all four simultaneously or at least, you know, do a little on this one and then do a little on that one. And so as soon as I tell you, you have to split it into four different campaigns, um, the, the danger is that you will not do any of those four campaigns properly, right? So right. the idea is, yep, pick one, do that, work it all the way through, get that one working, just humming, before you go to the next one and the next one and the next one and the fear is, oh, oh but what about, what am I going to miss while I'm doing that? Right. Well, you're, you're not going to miss anything compared to what you're going to lose if you're doing all four poorly. 
Oh, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. It's, and I would imagine as you work through, let's, you know, as we're using the example of four different campaigns, uh, I imagine that number one's the most labor intensive. And by the time you get to number four, you're, you're kind of getting the hang of it. Bingo, Thomas, that's exactly it. I mean, really then you're tweaking, you know, maybe you've got to test out your hook a little bit, but the mechanics of it then are, are really simple because you're just replicating what you've already built. Okay. So now, now that you've built these campaigns and, and I'm, I'm trying to steal a little knowledge here from you as we go. So how do you, where are you taking these people next? Uh, if, if you're in, in a sales uh, service oriented business, um, you, you've got these campaigns set up. Where, where, are, you, where are you sending your, your uh, leads? Sure. So I'm sending my leads directly to what I call a conversion event. Now, in an online business, that is going to be like for me, it's a three video series. And okay. I love that as, a, as an online conversion event uh, because it allows me to be nimble. I can test, I can change things. Um, now, for so let's think about what would that be for a realtor? Well, so there's two ways I think that you could think about this one way would be online and one way would be offline the you know the uh, uh and and i don't want to pretend to be you know super knowledgeable about real estate i don't you know i don't play one on tv or you know a realtor <laughs> on tv or anything so so i'm going to be a little careful here and and not step in it right but so maybe that online or sorry that offline is the open house right i mean i think that's pretty typical and y'all's um, funnels or, you know, something like, um, or, or maybe it's just a, um, uh, a call for, a, you know, call for, a, um, schedule a phone call or, you know, or, or filling out that opt-in form that says, call me, I'm interested. Right. But right. the other way to go about that, of course, would be to steal a page from the book of the online funnel, which is to say, what if you all were creating the same three video series? Only now the three video series was about, um, you know, how to, um, I don't know, how to oh. stage your home or how to, sure. you know, the market, the, the neighborhood that you specialize in or relocation or, you know, what is San Diego like? Or, you know what I mean? Like there's all these different things that you could do that, um, that create the same effect as what I would be doing if I was trying to sell my workshop, for example. Okay, that makes sense. And we've talked about doing uh, evergreen videos on this show before, so that that ties together with some other guests have brought up in the past. So okay, um, okay. So now I want, I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping around a little bit, and it might be the cold medicine I'm on. <laughs> but um, you you mentioned retargeting the eighty percent, and I find that interesting because I think. And again, I'm speaking on my own behalf of something I've done poorly in the past. And that's um, that 80% in my world, I usually just forget about them because I'm like, oh, you know, they didn't do it the first time. So how are you getting people to revisit that 80% and what are you doing differently with that 80% to try to get extract some leads from them the second time around? Yeah. So let me... Um let me just tell you a, a, a sort of a related story to give you a sense of this. Okay. Um, so w one of the things, one of the easiest email hacks that there is, is uh, when you run 
an email campaign. So let's say that you're doing a newsletter to all of your prospects, for example. If all you do is resend that exact same email 24 hours later, but only to the people who didn't open the first one, okay. with a different subject line, that typically gets an additional 10 to 15% on your open rate. Interesting. Okay. So, so, I mean, think just, how simple that is. And that just gives you a sense of what is possible in all of the other areas. So, let's take that one step further. So, let's, let's look at, for example, let's say you are running um, a three-video series about staging your home. And so, some number of people will come in from your ad and they will land on that landing page and they will not sign up. They will not opt in. Well, those people have been pixeled by Facebook. So it's very, the retargeting ad is to say the people who landed there but didn't sign up, we're going to show them an ad that says, hey, did life get in the way? You know, because you were obviously interested enough to come to the page, you know, maybe you, it was hard to sign up on your mobile, whatever. We're not going to tell them that. We're just going to say, did life get in the way here? Here's another opportunity to sign up for our three video series. What about the people who signed up for our three video series, but haven't watched any of them? We can, we know who those people are too. Well, we also have their email address. So maybe we will show that, send them a couple of emails, prodding them to watch the video because we need them to do that. But if they don't, then you could also and or also be running ads to do the same thing, to, to, uh, to um, reiterate what the benefits of those videos are to them, things like that. That's what we mean by retargeting. And there, if you just think about what resending an email to people who don't open can get, well, imagine if you're doing that all along the funnel. There's immense, it's just, I always say to people, if there was a dollar laying in the street, would you bend over and pick it up? And but of course they would, right? In fact, if the wind blew, they would probably be like, look like he's <laughs> running down the street trying to grab that dollar that's you know floating on the wind. And yet, retargeting is massive amounts of dollars that all you got to do is bend over and pick it up. It's just it's right there. You've already spent all that time and effort to get them to that point. So why wouldn't you try to recoup some of that? Yeah, that makes sense when you lay it out that way because. It sounds like if you do this multiple times, then each time you go back with a different subject line, you're addressing a smaller and smaller group because eventually you're converting more and more with each effort. With each, with each effort. Okay. Um, you know, we're um, we're at the risk of taking uh, for granted that everyone understands Facebook Pixel. Could you explain when you're referring to a Facebook Pixel what what exactly that is? Yes. Absolutely. A Facebook pixel is just a little piece of code that Facebook gives you when you open your Facebook ad account. A lot of people will know the Google Analytics tracking code if they are at all web savvy. It's very similar to that, but even if you don't, it's just a little tiny piece of code that gets inserted on your website. You put it on your website. And what that does is anytime a visitor comes to your website, then it's like ET. It phones home to Facebook and says, this person just visited my website. And it tells them more information, which pages, how long they were there, that sort of thing. So Facebook aggregates all of that data and 
as a Facebook advertiser, I don't know your name. I don't know anything about you. I don't know that you, Thomas, visited my site. Facebook does. I don't. Right. But what, I, what it allows me to do is then say to Facebook, okay, Facebook, you know who visited this page and you know who didn't visit my thank you page when they opted in. So I want to show an ad to people who visited this page but not the thank you page. And Facebook can do that because the pixel tracked who those people are. Wow. So it's pretty intuitive. Absolutely. It's really easy to do. Okay. So, I mean, and, and just so people don't get overwhelmed, it's, it's the, um, the code that's doing all the work. You're not, I mean, as long as you have somewhere for them to, uh, to land, I mean, the, the code's tracking them and, and figuring out if, what they've looked at and what they haven't. Exactly. It's like, like the code is just a little tiny snippet of, of code that just sits on your website and works in the background and you don't even know it's there. In fact, you don't even have to put it on your website if you have someone um, that, uh, like Jonathan, who does your website, right? He, he would know exactly where to put it. Okay. Well, speaking of Jonathan, I should cut over to him because I'm looking at the clock and realizing we need to take a quick pause for our um, sponsor. So, Jonathan, do you want to take over for a minute? Yeah, sure, folks. Um, we're going to go for our break. We're going to come back. Um, I've got a couple questions for Kim as well. So we're going to go for a break, be back in a second, and we're going to delve deeper into Facebook. Back in a second. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back, folks. We're going to be delving into Facebook a bit more. I'm going to start off with a couple of questions and then hand it back to Thomas. I've just been listening to the conversation uh, between you and Thomas, Kim, and uh, uh, it's really fascinating to hear uh, a very experienced, active real estate agent asking you these questions. Um, it's so informative. Um, but one area I wanted to touch base is this area of retargeting because, like Thomas said, so many agents are so effective at sales and one-to-one, -one, but they find it hard to um, – or it, it seems a trend that I've seen over the two years where I've been um, developing MailRite and talking to real estate agents is this – um, lack of follow through with their database with the people in their local community. Have you got any insights about why that is? <laughs> I, you know, don't. I would say to them, don't beat yourself up because you're not alone. I think it's human nature, somewhat, because um, we all do it, myself included. Uh, for the longest time, I, I said, uh, when Thomas asked me, where did the reverse funnel come from? And I said, well, it's, it's from what I learned trying to build this out on my own as a micropreneur by myself. And I wasn't doing it either. I think it really is that we tend to focus on the shiny penny in front of us as opposed to 
the things that aren't quite as obvious and and um, don't seem like they're going to have as immediate a payback. It's maybe the path of least resistance. Uh, but when you really stop and look at it, all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute. That's sort of a false promise out there because not that there isn't money in front of me with these new leads and, and prospects, but there's all these other people that I've already invested all this time and money into and um, all they need is a little push and, you know, in the right direction, a little nudge, because just think how many times have you been interested in something, but you didn't follow through, right? Put yourself in their shoes and you realize that, yes, if someone had reminded me that I was interested in that or that I did want to make that phone call, I did want to schedule that, that appointment, I would have. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan, I know you got more questions, but just to jump in on that, I think, one of the phenomenon that uh, occur in our industry specifically is that for what the first hundred plus years we did this without computers so there's a mentality of what the heck do i need all this for i never needed it before to sell a house so why do i need it now to sell a house but you know obviously that's the wrong thinking when your competition is using a tool that you're not eventually you're going to get left behind and I, but I think that is one of the things that I saw happen in the late nineties where there was this mass exodus when real estate really truly adopted computers and got rid of the old MLS books. And we went to computerized MLS and so on and so forth. And websites became prominent. Um, I watched a lot of the old guard, you know, just turn their backs to it and eventually leave the industry or retire because they didn't want to adopt the new technology. Yeah, I, I, obviously I can see that. Um, another area, Kim, is that um, I was reading that now over 75 or more percent of people that use Facebook um, are using mobile devices, i.e. their mobile phone. A lot of the conversion techniques we're talking are desktop-based. Um, you know, obviously, recently, Facebook have introduced some Pacific advert types that are specifically aimed at mobile users. But I've heard the actual, um, they're improving, but I heard that the conversion of the of these type of adverts wasn't working that well. How do you see this going? Do you think the type of adverts that Facebook are producing for the mobile market is something have matured enough that you should look or should you still look at desktop conversion as your main focus? I'm really glad you asked that question and um, I, I want to address it two ways. So let me, let me, before I talk about the lead ads, which is this mobile first um, ad type that was introduced by, by Facebook, let me, also just come around to, um, to, to address the difference between uh, the, how we do mobile on traditional ad types. So if you're doing it right and you're doing it well, just because you're not using that mobile ad type created by Facebook does not mean that you're not getting conversions via mobile. One, that, that first ad to the cold prospect should be something that is very easily 
consumed by a mobile user. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why I love video because the vast majority of videos watched on Facebook are watched on mobile, right? So if someone clicks through, I make my landing page mobile optimized, meaning that it just renders well on a mobile device. They put their email address in and then instantly they're watching my videos. That can be done easily on mobile and you should be thinking about that when you're designing everything in, in your funnel. But back to the question of the lead ads, you are absolutely right, Jonathan. And Facebook will not like me saying that, but I also have a, a piece of software called Sync to CRM. That's um, another of my businesses. Sync to CRM um, automatically moves data back and forth between small business CRMs like Infusionsoft Active Campaign and uh, MailChimp and the Facebook ad platform. And so one of the, the pieces that we handle is the lead ads. And that's these, uh, this ad type that Facebook has created with the idea that um, they are very easy. Someone can just enter their information right there. Actually, they don't even have to enter it because Facebook already knows who they are. So Facebook pre-populates the form right there with their data. They never leave Facebook. It's very mobile friendly and it's called a lead ad. But the, the fact is that it just really hasn't been the category killer that Facebook thought it was going to be. And I have um, ideas about why that might be, um, but uh, you know, they're just, con they're just conjecture. What I know from my own data, uh, we, you know, we probably sync millions and millions and millions of contacts per day uh, across between Facebook and these CRMs. And the uptake on lead ads has been just very, very, very small. Now, that said, I will say that there are a couple of edge cases that I see in my client base at Sync to CRM that do pretty well with lead ads. And it's not across the board, but there, there is the odd realtor who, who has somehow cracked the code on it. If anybody's going to be bringing in a lot of leads, a lot of times it is a realtor. Um, but um, just across the board, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to the product managers there at Facebook and it's just not, yeah, not meeting expectations. So, what, so what's my advice? My advice would be uh, I would not spend time on it right now. That is not where I'm advising my clients to go. Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. It's really interesting why it doesn't work. I understand from some other people that I um, respect, that I, that I listen to, that Facebook have been doing various changes and there's going to be a major update to it in the near future. Um, the other thing I would um, think that what people don't understand is testing. Because what I've learned about doing a number of Facebook campaigns now is um, small changes through text, change of image, can have a bigger effect on the advert's um, ability to basically work. Um, so A to B testing and having a number of adverts and then finding the sweet spot is important. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, the, if you've got your hook right, automatically your chances of an ad doing well 
are greatly improved. But even assuming that you've got a hook that works, within, you know, using that hook in your ads, if you put out um, different images, different headlines, different copy, you are going to get meaningfully different results amongst those various ads. And so one of the things that I tell um, my uh, coaching clients is that we never, ever, ever put out a single ad. At a minimum, we always put out two by two. Um, and so what, what I mean when I say two by two means you do two images, try, try two, at least two different images and two different headlines. So that means you've got four ads. It's really easy to do in Facebook. And then Facebook will test those for you and it, and it will pick a winner amongst those four fairly quickly. And then you just turn off the three that, uh, or you know, just keep the one that, that outperforms the other three. And um, you'll always be amazed at how much better one does it over another. It's, it's striking. And the more you do it, the more you'll realize that you're making a very big mistake by not doing it. Another factor, what, you know, especially connected to our audience, we're real estate agents and brokers. Um, what would, for a real estate agent, what do you, would you classify as a realistic budget for Facebook advertising per month? Hmm. Well, it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work backward at that. Um, that. And I think for, for a real estate agent, it's really no different than for my clients who are in all kinds of different industries and, and niches. And that is to say, I think you should expect to pay anywhere from 7 to $10 per lead on Facebook. Now, I shoot for a target of less than that, by the way. Like, my target is two, but in a competitive... Uh, area seven to ten is pretty standard and then you can work backward so what I say to people to my group folks is okay look we're gonna start with small budgets $15 a day $20 a day $30 a day again this is the working backwards part of the reverse funnel we're going to get our hook right we're going to get our um, whatever that conversion event is going to be, offline or online, we're going to get that converting at 30% plus. Um, and then you can start to work backwards. So how many of those then leads are you converting? And over what time frame? 1%, 2%, 10%, 6%. Um, and, but once that becomes cash flow positive, of course, then your budget becomes unlimited because if every dollar I put into that funnel brings four friends back home with it every night, then I can ramp that up um, to whatever I want. Budget, budget is no longer the issue. So I think that the more relevant question is where do I start and what am I going to spend per lead? And then how long is it going to take me to get that working properly that, so that it's you know, ROI positive? Does that, answer, does that answer the question? Yeah, I think it's okay. fantastic. Um, and other thing, I've got um, a pet beeve about likes. I, when I'm talking to people about Facebook advertising, I say I couldn't really care less about campaigns that get likes. 
Absolutely. Or, uh, and, and adverts, adverts that are um, aimed at getting lights. I think even Facebook treats them with disdain now. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, in fact, I was just telling one of my clients yes last night on our on our member call. I said, "Dude, the only reason that we have a Facebook page is so that we can have an ad account and run Facebook Lives to test our hook. Other than that, we, we do not care about the you know about likes. We are absolutely not after those. So yeah, I'm total agreement with you on that one. Um, in competitive, how do you see video being its importance in word word? Facebook and in advertising in general? It's huge. Absolutely huge. If you're not doing it, you have to. Uh, I think Facebook has said, I'm going to misquote this. I can't remember the exact, but, but Mark Zuckerberg himself has said that in, you know, the next, whatever it is, five or seven years, Facebook is going to be like 90% video text will just be gone. Um, so, so there's that. Facebook's all in on, uh, on video and you want to follow the smart money. But there's a second point as well. And there's nowhere that this is more true and obvious than for a real estate agent. And that is that video gives the prospect a, an opportunity to thin slice whether you're their peeps or not. You know, like it, we look at you on video and we just know whether we, you're a fit, you know, and, and whether we trust you and, and whether you know what you're talking about. And what, that works so much better than either audio or text or photos or any other medium that you might be able to put out there. If you can do video, you should. Yeah, somebody said to me um, that, it's got more experience than me in this, in this sector. Uh, you're saying to me, a lot of other people, they, it, you know, it's about the video and then getting them on a mailing list and then getting them to open rather than expecting a direct sale straight away. But I suppose it really depends on the industry and what that individual's selling, isn't it? Well, see, I disagree. Hence the reverse funnel that what you just said is the entire is the premise of what everybody is now moved towards. And that's this long drawn out sales process. And I, and I absolutely disagree. So for one thing, we know that 10% of the people who um, hit your website, for example, are ready to buy right then. And yet, rather, rather than giving them the information and the encouragement to do what they want to do in the first place, which is buy from us, we string them along. So, if, so why don't we assume that 10% are going to buy and we're going to make sure they buy from us? And then the other 90% that who don't, then we're going to handle them separately with retargeting and emails. And, but again, we're going to push those people toward, not in a, in a tacky way or in, but in a helpful way, you know, push them towards a sale. Um, I just don't, I don't know how we got this twisted around in our heads to this idea that we have to be all, um, you know, take our time about um, letting that prospect go down this long um, funnel. Because here's the other thing. The shorter our attention spans are, Jonathan, the shorter the funnel has to be. 
Because how many times have you signed up for an email list for something that you are truly and genuinely interested in? And then how long have you continued to read those emails? I, I, if you're like most people, because we get so many, 30 days is forever, right? If you probably stop reading them after 10. So I, you've got really, you know, the, it's like a lead that calls you. If you don't call them back, right, they get really cold. And I think the same is true with an online lead. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. The um, people that succeed at email marketing, um, well, I've got a friend that sends an email every day and, I, and she reckons it's built up real relationship. But I, I never said to her, I was like, it would just drive me bonkers to get an email every day. <laughs> I do too. I do too. The reverse funnel, if you, don't, if you do not buy from me as a result of those three um, videos, you're going to get an email from me every day. Now, it's going to be helpful content. But because I'm going to lose you in 30 days either way. So do I want you to get four, one a, one a week from me, or do I want you to get 30? Well, I think, it, I, think <laughs> I get uh, it. But if you were going to unsubscribe, you were going to unsubscribe anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. But now would that translate in the real estate world? Because, I mean, the the stats were given – are the average online lead is about 18 months away from actually pulling the trigger. So for us, it's a longer 30 day period. We're talking about essentially. If uh, so, that's a great point, Thomas. So one of the things that I, you know, that I say to my um, coaching clients is look, you, you know, you, you definitely have to use some discretion and common sense based on what we know about your industry and your prospect. So, um, for a real estate agent, every day might not make sense. Okay. Right. Once a week might, once a month might. Um, but again, I think there's, a com there's probably a hybrid approach that does make sense because some of them are ready, right? And yeah. if you go too uh, long, then you risk losing that conversion. Right. If you, if you, so it seems to me like a, a, a an approach I would at least test would be to email them fairly frequently for the first, whatever it is, seven days, 10 days to create that relationship and then back it down, you know, with right. the idea yeah. that they I think, the I think, yeah, oh, sorry. Um, but I think we're really agreeing really. Um, it's just that, you know, I think Thomas made an excellent point there. And I think what I wasn't really describing that well was that there's different times when people are looking at buying a house they're at different stages and you've got to divide your database and the the calls that you get the markers that you get that show intent um when those markers are obvious that they're really wanting to either buy or sell you've got to treat that client, that possible client very differently to somebody that's given um, less indication. So I think I agree with what you're saying. I just didn't put that proviso there. I yeah. Apologize. Well, and what Kim says uh, makes sense. I, I think 
it's a, it is a hybrid, Kim, because it's kind of like figuring out, all right, who is that 10% I need to lickety split, get on, but then the, who are those 90% that I need to drip market and, you know, in my industry every day would be too much, but, um, because it's going to be a longer process. Um, so it is a combination of both really, because like you said, I think we, we treat them all alike, and that is to our detriment. We, we just assume all leads are alike. They're all going to take 18 months or whatever that prescribed time frame is that you, you believe them to be. And so some get neglected when they truly wanted our action right away. Yeah. It's not one size fits all, but I think the general principles, like you just said, Thomas, if you try to apply them to your specific situation, you'll get a lot further. And segmentation is always going to be better than no segmentation. Yeah, I think that's... What What are some of the trends that you see happening with Facebook in the next six months and that? Are there any particular... Do you think um, we're going to see any kind of revolutionary... Um, I think it's just going to be kind of more gradual but I think it's still one of the most exciting and powerful platforms. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with it. Uh, I agree with it so much that I have hitched my wagon to it a hundred percent. You know, uh, my background one uh, long time was in the investment industry and that's what they used to say, right? Follow the smart money. Well, Facebook is the smart money. Um, So in terms of, trends. So here's what's interesting. I I really believe that in the not too distant future, you, we won't even have websites anymore. Um, Websites will be like the fax machine, you know, they'll be pretty archaic and the, it's pretty clear that the interface of the future will be Facebook and Facebook's platform, not just theirs, but they'll, they're the, you know, 800 pound gorilla. And that in fact, the next big thing is messenger. Um, There are Facebook owns three different platforms that have over a billion users daily users each uh, um, the Facebook itself, Facebook Messenger, and and WhatsApp, and messaging, which is crazy because I don't really think of messaging as being that big, but in fact it is. Millions and millions and millions of people, billions every day, are in messaging, and then and the new big thing is going to be bots. It's going to be, and what that means is that there is going to be. Um, the it's already starting, right? The for us the ability to um, text into a real, uh, um, you know, your team's page and say, I'm interested in homes in area code uh, 29137. And the bot will come back and say, well, we have six listings in 29137. You know, would you like us to send those to you? And would you like to talk to an agent? And, you know, that's already coming very soon and that's going to be the future so you know don't get freaked out about it right now you know um, because it's it's all pretty nascent but it's coming fast and you should keep your ear to the ground and be aware that that's where it's going and there's potentially an opportunity to 
jump out ahead of everybody else, you know, in terms of maybe you missed Facebook advertising or web, you know, web or online, but um, you know, the use of uh, text messaging may be an opportunity for you to get out in front of all of your competitors if you're so inclined. That's great. Got any kind of finishing question, question of questions, Thomas, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, no, I mean, you guys actually addressed a couple of the ones I wanted to get to. So I appreciate that. And uh, I, I agree that, uh, you know, where, where you see Facebook going, I'm, I'm starting to see signs of that too. I mean, I know there's, uh, even with my military clients, um, the number one way they communicate with me when they're deployed is through Facebook Messenger, which just blows me away. That it's not email, it's not text, it's the easiest thing for them to get on. So yep. um, I am starting to see in my business, uh, Facebook becoming a dominant. Uh, so I would tend to agree with your assessment of the future. Uh, I guess the only thing we haven't really touched on uh, with a quick question is, uh, where does Facebook Live fall into the future of Facebook? Do you, is that a passing trend or do you think that's something that's going to become bigger bigger okay. yeah i do facebook is all in on that i think there is a uh, you know oh, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up actually thomas because particularly for a real estate agent there is also a very big opportunity right now because what you're doing is you're taking these two trends and putting them together the trend of um um video and authentic, live, raw um, rea um, reality, for lack of a better word, that people want now. What we're seeing is that professional but not overly produced video right. is what's now working. And so the ability for you to walk in and say, hey, this um, property is, you know, will be available tomorrow, but I'm giving you a sneak peek today with your Facebook Live kind of thing. I don't even know if that's legal, but you, you know what I'm saying? Those are the sorts of opportunities that are available on Facebook Live that I think real estate agents can take advantage of and should be taking advantage of because it is not a passing fad. It is also going to get bigger. Our world is going to be live streamed. <laughs> definitely interesting times to be living and working in <laughs> um well kim i really appreciate all the information you shared with us today and i'm I, I got to take some notes here so you've definitely been helpful for me personally just listening to you answer our questions um if people are interested in uh taking your workshop or learning more about you how, how's the best way for them to reach you sure and thanks for for asking that. The best way is at reverseyourfunnel.com. Just how it sounds, reverseyourfunnel.com. They can email me at kim at reverseyourfunnel.com or you can do it the old-fashioned way and pick up the phone and call me if you want. 803-335-2109 uh, is my number, and don't be surprised when I pick up the phone myself. <laughs> I believe in that old-fashioned way of doing business as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, and folks, there's a ton of information and video on her site. Um, when I was doing my show prep, I watched a few of her videos, and um, especially those of you that like numbers, you'll, you'll love these videos. <laughs> um, 
Jonathan, if people wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? Oh, thanks, Thomas. But first, Kim, really enjoyed the conversation. We've only touched the subject. You must come back at some stage in the near future, and we can delve in more detail about Facebook. How does that sound, Kim? I would love to do that. You just say the word, I'll be there. <laughs> nice. You video as well. Uh, yeah. But how people can get a hold of me, very similar to Kim. We've got the same attitude about fins in general. Um, we can either email me at jonathan at mail-right.com. You can go to the MailRight website. I'm going to be producing a ton of content in the near future about everything that we've just discussed. Um, or you can get me on Twitter if you use Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. I'm normally around there most days. And how can people get a hold of you, Thomas? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Thomas J. Nelson. I'm a Sam, uh, I almost gave my hometown. <laughs> I'm a San Diego realtor uh, here in beautiful California. Yeah, I've been a California realtor uh, most of my uh, adult life, actually. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on my website at thomasjnelsonrealtor.com, as well as social media. Uh, my blog is on Active Rain. If any of you agents out there want to connect and are blogging on Active Rain, that's a great way to find me. Uh, I also want to remind everyone that the way we get great guests like Kim is to have uh, you subscribe to our show so we can show our guests that we have strong listenership uh, as well as we love your feedback. Any questions or comments you want to add uh, to wherever you listen to your podcast from iTunes and so forth. We'd love to get your comments and you can of course reach out to us uh, personally. And on that note, I'll, I'll chime in with my uh, two uh, folks here today with a phone number at 858. 232-8722. Yes, I do answer my phone, or you can text me there as well. Uh, Kim Snyder, Reverse Your Funnel sounds like an awesome way to dive into Facebook. We want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today, and as Jonathan says, we hope you'll come back soon and share more of your knowledge with us. Thanks, guys. It's been a real pleasure. See you next week, folks. And Remember, you want to listen to our shows. We're here to educate you and to drive your business to the next level, aren't we, Thomas? Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye.